welcome to Open Disclosure today. We have with us our uh, guest today is Dr. Natalia Brown. Uh, she is an economics professor at Nipissing University. Um, it's good to have you here today. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. And uh, just uh, quickly go over what it is you do at the university and anything interesting. <laughs> okay, anything interesting? Well, um, I'm an asso associate professor of economics um, in the School of Business and also in a department of political science, econ uh, economics and philosophy. Um, I also do a lot of community um, volunteering. Mm, okay. All right, and today we were going to talk a little bit about populism and its economic impact. Yeah. So, to get started, we seem to hear a lot about the rise of populism fairly frequently in mainstream media. And what is populism and why do you think it's focused on so widely today? Like, we see it a lot in the media, right? So. Okay, well, uh, populism really is a kind of a political movement that's supposed to appeal to the average or the common man, mm -hmm. and particularly to people who feel disenfranchised uh, by either the current establishment or elites in yeah. the groups. So um, I think the reason why you're seeing a rise in it has to do with um, you're seeing both uh, inequality on an economic scale and also in terms of political power. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at countries over the last, particularly the advanced economies over the last 20 or 30 years, you'll see that economic inequality has increased. Yeah. Uh, and also when you have that increase in economic inequality, there's also an increase in people's um, political uh, power of those who have money and wealth mm -hmm. and influence. So people are feeling left out from the economic prosperity that's, you know, they hear about in the news, but they're not yeah, seeing they're it. Yeah, they're not getting right? it themselves. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not seeing So they feel left behind and they feel that the current or whoever is um, supposedly benefiting from it, they're not listening to them. Right yeah. Now. Fair enough. Yeah. I guess that's kind of on the part of politicians and stuff too, the way that they've sort of framed everything seems to leave people out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, based on your understanding of populism as a concept, do you think populism can be good, bad, both, anything like that? Well, the form that it tends to come in, I think is problematic. Yeah. And I think it's problematic for two reasons. First of all, I find that it's amorphous. It's too vague and broad. So when, you know, policy proposals come out, they're, um, they lack any kind of detail or any kind of uh, long-term visioning of the mm -hmm. consequences. Very, like, broad. They're very broad. Um, they simplify really complex problems <laughs> when, you know, more thought is needed. And mm -hmm. then, on the other hand, it's also inconsistent. So, on, on one hand, I'll say we're gonna, we need to free up the economy yeah. and deregulate and take the government out of people's <laughs> business, you know? Yeah. And on the other hand, they're very interventionist in other areas where it suits them. So it's, it, there's no consistency in the message and, and it's, it simplifies what actually is a complex problem and, you know, tends to scape, scapegoat particular groups. <laughs> Do you think that it's simplified because it's just easier to explain that way than having to try and explain it to just like the everyday person or? I think it's, <laughs> it's a simple narrative. It's almost as if, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this actually happens, but it probably does. But they go <laughs> off and uh, come up with a few phrases and they focus group it and uh, they yeah. see what sticks. That political like, yes. projection, right? Yes, yeah. and then and it sticks. <laughs> and then what happens is that these catchphrases or ideas that are really, that are not well, well formed, mm -hmm. um, they gain so much momentum that yeah. they take over. Mm -hmm. So even if initially the politician, you know, doesn't really isn't really behind that particular thing, mm -hmm. it takes up so much momentum and attention that it almost becomes, becomes that the thing. central oh, platform. Okay. 
Yeah, I've kind of noticed that too, especially when you're looking at political platforms and they have like their little slogans and stuff. It doesn't really tell you anything about what they're doing. <laughs> Just <laughs> no, but, but, but they have to now um, stand behind it because yeah. that's the mandate they were given. So, yeah, yeah, it's fair enough. And uh, based on events happening today, uh, like President Trump's election and Brexit and all those mm-hmm. kind of events rolling in together, um, the political climate seems to be moving more towards populism, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, why do you think that it's become more popular? I guess we kind of touched it, touched yeah. on it already, but why do you think voters are going that way? Well, I think, <clears throat> as I said, there's a, there's an increase in economic inequality, and there's there's a lot of people who feel disenfranchised. They're mm-hmm. You know, it, the economy has grown, the world economy has grown tremendously over the past few years, mm-hmm. but very few people, in, in, relatively, have been able to benefit from yeah. that, uh, especially, um, you know, when you look at um, uh, different, it, the advanced economies, uh, the wealth is being concentrated in, mm-hmm. in fewer hands. So, you know, if you're an individual who um, you're seeing your wages stagnate, that's if you mm-hmm. still have a job. And yeah. if you don't have a job, you probably saw that your job got outsourced or automated and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know industries just collapsed and in the news they're talking about other groups they're not talking about you yeah they're talking about other people getting more rights yeah, or yeah. Um, concerns about um, uh, different types of so uh, different types of groups so you're not hearing or seeing yourself being represented and so you know there's a there's a probable um, so what I'm looking for it's almost like a resentment mm-hmm. that's built up over the years from feeling ignored. Mm-hmm. And I guess it kind of plays into it too with migration coming in as well. It seems right. it can seem or it is happening where yeah. people are coming in and they're not getting the work that other people are getting that kind of yeah, stuff. But, and, and <laughs> it's because you know it, the, the if you simplify the world, mm-hmm. um, you, you make the world look like it's a fixed pie, mm-hmm. and that you know everyone gets a share. And if, if this group is getting anything, it means that your share is getting smaller. Yeah. You don't see it as um, a like growing pie that shrink, expands yeah. it. The more people that come in, the more there is to go around, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the problems mm-hmm. I have with with populism uh, in, it, because of the message. It yeah. simplifies things so much. You don't, you know, there's a complex set of reasons why somebody may be unemployed. Exactly. Okay. Right? But the, what <laughs> they're presented with as a simple narrative it's going to blame one group. Either exactly, they're blaming yeah. immigrants, or they're blaming unionized workers, mm-hmm. or, or you know the university elite or experts who you know who are out of touch. You mm-hmm. know that kind of language, yeah. and so it gives you a, a very simple explanation for why um, things are happening, mm-hmm. and it's it's promising things that really it can't deliver on. Mm-hmm. You know, it promises to tip the scales back in your direction. Yeah. Say things like <laughs> take the country back. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And, 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 and it rarely delivers that. Do you think there's a way to bridge the divide, in a sense? Like, if there's if they think that the elite are out of touch or anything along those lines, is there a way that they can make it seem like they're not so out of touch? Or is it more of, like, a perception that they keep? I, I think we need to find a way to start talking to each other, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I, do th- I, I, I do blame both, you know, people on the left and the right. They're not mm-hmm. talking to each other. Um, populism appeals to both sides, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Um, but if you, if you, there's no respect between the two sides. It's hard to gonna, come to a solution, hard, yeah. It's hard to communicate. And <laughs> yeah. we're seeing, you know, like almost the center, you know, being gutted. There's not a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Every Politicians are being pulled 
either one way or the other. If they want to get elected. Mm -hmm. And um, so centrist candidates are doing not as well. And and so um, those are the ones that we usually try to find common ground. Yeah. Trying to see which how to incorporate everything. Right. Yeah, I definitely definitely see it a lot now. It gets more and more polarized as you go along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, now with an understanding of uh, of populism, like its definition, yeah. um, what are the effects of movements like this economically? Like, uh, how does it affect trade and standards of living in in a general sense? Well, usually, what you know, you know, with economic populism, with populism um, candidates when they get into power, um, they usually, you know, or they are trying to get into power, they usually promise, you know reduce taxes, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the average person, you're going to, you know, pay out less in taxes, keep more money in your pocket, yeah. you'll have to be able to decide <laughs> what you're going to do with that money, and they also promise to tax gov- um, businesses less, mm-hmm. and um, hopefully that will lead to more investment and employment and economic growth, but if you're reducing the revenue side, you it means that you're going to have to cut some spending. Something else has to they, go, yeah. they usually <laughs> talk about the current government coming in, uh, spending being wasteful and so they're going to come in and be efficient and reduce government waste mm-hmm. and all that stuff but they never really <laughs> specify what they mean by reducing government waste because who what are they yeah. going to cut right um and, and and what happens is they sometimes come in and they cut things in a haphazard not not well way, thought out way right yeah. because <laughs> you know they've cut the revenue side the deficit goes up a bit like whoa, whoa to keep it in control, yeah. <laughs> so where are we going to cut? We're going to cut the low-hanging fruit, the things that are that most countries spend a lot on, mm-hmm. which is health and education, right? Mm-hmm. So then, and uh, and and because they're not, they they tend to be supposedly pro-business, so mm-hmm. they're not going to cut the spending on that side. On that side, yeah. Yeah. Is there any countries in particular that have kind of gone that route so far? Or? Well, you see, I mean, you see it in Ontario, and you see it in the U.S. Um, the uh, Trump's um, tax reforms reduced um, the corporate tax rates right mm-hmm. there um, and supposedly we're so you know we're, we're supposed to reduce the taxes paid by the average household mm-hmm. but you might have heard in the news that they ended up having to pay more taxes pay more, yeah. last year uh, for last year's income and um, the tax breaks that the average household is expecting is a lot smaller mm-hmm. and the deficit actually increased so debt actually yeah. increased so, I recently just spoke about how it yes, just ballooned again so. You know, so they cut funding in areas like the EPA's budget was gutted mm-hmm. or, you know things that um, you know I guess politically made sense for them yeah they, yeah, yeah Based but on they the increased the military budget yeah you know, so that it, it yeah so that's what I mean by um, populism not having a uh, consistent economic message it just seems very it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like it's well thought out in terms of long-term it's like polarized towards their specific view on politics or their right. their but side then, right yeah. but then it doesn't <clears throat> but then it doesn't track in terms of being consistent and okay this was our philosophy this is why we mm-hmm. cut this yeah but then you abandon it over here you yeah know what I mean? okay so, yeah this yeah, doesn't it, follow through <laughs> with the whole so, process <laughs> right so in terms of economic impact you might see like a short and and you saw it in the u.s too an uptick in business for a little bit mm-hmm. and then then gone and then really slow growth <laughs> after that yeah. and so the revenues that you were hoping to get because the business would be booming and paying mm-hmm. more taxes they don't materialize so you still have more mm-hmm. deficits and, and greater debt that you, have, you pass on to future generations so that promise usually isn't delivered on mm-hmm. the other um, uh, main economic impact as I said they you know they'll free up 
or deregulate certain sectors. And, yeah. and right now, um, from the conservative form of populism, deregulation usually means gutting environmental protections yeah. and, 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 and all those sorts of things, um, allowing business to pollute more or, <laughs> uh, or pay to pollute more or things like that. Yeah. And, and then on the other hand, so you're deregulating over here, but then when it comes to trade, there's heavy intervention, right? Yeah. So the message is, you know, um, you need to, we need to buy more from the home country and mm-hmm. keep the money here. But the way that most firms are, you know, they're multinational corporations. Yeah, they've they have got global, huge supply chains. Global across supply the world. chains. Yeah. So now you're putting in <laughs> tariffs. And so um, not only does it affect, the prices for domestic consumers, but it also affects employment too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know this is why you know uh, with uh, with Trump making those um, threats against Mexico to have increasing mm-hmm. increasing tariffs over time, um, the Republicans revolted against that a little bit. Mm-hmm. They said that look, this is going to be bad. Though this is bad for everyone. Yeah. It's bad for everyone. <laughs> this is bad economic policy. But uh, yeah, but that, that populism. Okay, you tell the public that. We're going to keep, keep your jobs, here, yeah. but it, that's not actually what materializes. Mm-hmm. You could end up um, having um, lower employment mm-hmm. as a result. And you're starting yeah. to see the U.S. economy slow down. Yeah. It added fewer jobs last quarter. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask, actually, yeah. too, like, there was also, like, for a period there, they had the lowest unemployment in, like, a really long time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, like, I'm wondering, that probably is not related to any policies that came recently. It was just but, a matter uh, of the economy at the pace it was going prior to right but also um <clears throat> unemployment rates you have to look more than just that when, when mm-hmm. you look at the labor market picture the unemployment rate can be misleading right because mm-hmm. a lot of people could be discouraged and just to remove themselves from the labor the market labor force. and they won't be included in the unemployment rate. that's yeah. right they wouldn't be included <clears throat> and 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 the, the people we're talking about the ones who populism appeals to a lot of them fall in that category they just okay. they're, they're discouraged to stop looking for work mm. That's unfortunate, though, it's it that is, they're not that they're not counted. Yeah. But I guess if you're not really looking, then you can't really be part of the labor right. market, right? Right. But. To be unemployed, you have to be actively <laughs> looking, looking for and work. available for work. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, we laugh, but so we don't cry, right? So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you say effects of populism on economics of countries and even more broadly on a global global scale mm-hmm. are inherently bad, good, or somewhere in between? Like, I guess, again, we've kind of already sort of... <laughs> we've sort of touched on that. Like, as I said, it's problematic in the way that it tends to play out um, because, as I said, it, there's no coherent economic policy or consistent economic policy, and, and it's, it's, it's too vague. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, it's trying to appeal to to too many things at the same time and so doesn't end up solving a particular problem. So you don't get current economic policy. For example, with mm-hmm. Brexit, um, people voted for something that they um, didn't quite understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember uh, one of the, uh, the news articles that came out right after the vote for Brexit was that people were Googling um, yeah, what it EU. meant. Yeah, they were googling what the EU is, yeah. and they wanted to know what Brexit was, what it meant. So yeah. they voted for something. As I said, that the, there was a, a narrative that you know mm-hmm. Nigel Farage and uh, Boris Johnson uh, they they put out there. There was simple. Mm-hmm. We're going to take back the money that we normally send to the EU. It was very like and, misguided because and, yeah, and, and spend it in the in the, in the, in and in, in um in in England and, and Britain. You mm-hmm. know, the, uh, but. We're not going to lose any of the advantages of trade with the EU. Of the EU yeah. Somehow we're going to cut ourselves off, but not really. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think a bit more careful thought on that, people would have realized that they were selling something they couldn't deliver on. Fair enough. Do you think, uh, in for like, if people are have more access to information or information is more uh, more public, that people can actually see and like break down where it makes it a little easier to understand than just a general idea? I think <clears throat> providing people with more access to information and, and unbiased, mm-hmm. both sides, because there was mm-hmm. obviously something going on in the UK that, um, as I said, there, there's a, a significant chunk of the population do not feel that they're being heard or, 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 or um, being part of the prosperity of the country. Mm-hmm. So that was not being addressed. So I think, you know, that, that there's, there's some legitimate problems that need to be addressed. Um, I think um, people also have to be willing to go out there and get information. And we've heard about people living in... Um, you know, their own little bubbles mm-hmm. um, and not being surrounded by contradictory information or, or trying to, if, if they do get contradictory information, they ignore it, mm-hmm. consider it either fear-mongering or fake news or, yeah. um, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't. Kind of falls by the wayside. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So people, yeah, you can give people information, but they have to be willing to want to learn and accept mm-hmm. it. And if you look at behavioral economics and and psychology, you know, our human nature is to take sh- mental shortcuts, right? Yeah. Because it, um, it's easier Once for you've us. solidified an idea of how something's supposed to be, it's very hard to It's move very it hard away. to yeah. shift <laughs> that. So, yes, I think if information is great, but I think um, human nature is to want to stick our head in the sand sometimes. <laughs> and, 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 uh, sometimes and, it's uh, easier to just ignore it, I guess. Yes, <laughs> Pretend it's yeah. going to go away. Yeah. Um, I guess we have to start at a younger age trying to allow, you know, tell young people that to not become mm-hmm. so fixated with an idea, but to stay, have that mental flexibility. Try and stay open on to Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely notice it's difficult, yeah. <laughs> it's hard as you get older, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's important that you mentioned that uh, it has to be something that's not polarized to one side of the left or the right it has to be something that's sort of detached that can give you just the information it needs to be objective <laughs> yeah. needs, people need uh, that's the other thing so there's been a kind of an erosion of trust in the media mm-hmm. uh, on both sides yeah and the media itself has become polarized because mm-hmm. you know if you see, they'll, they'll send out um, mm-hmm. every year they'll put post information about which um uh, where the media news, source media, is, yeah, you know, yeah. they're on the left or on the right or more in the middle. I think and The Economist recently just posted something like yeah, that, too. The, yeah, yeah, so there are fewer and fewer of them. <laughs> yeah, in the know, middle. <laughs> they tried to be in the middle, mm-hmm. and um, they're also being attacked mm-hmm. by politicians on both sides, but mm-hmm. yeah, particularly on the conservative side. So if you have less trust in your information sources, that really makes it hard to... Hard to actually yeah. use that information. <laughs> yeah, it, it does, yeah, yeah. And fair enough. And now, again, we mentioned Brexit already, but... Uh, it's a big topic in global news today, yeah. and uh, because, well, it's kind of attributed to the rise of populism, that's why people want to stay, um, but how do you think Brexit will impact Britain and other countries that uh, may be in turn affected by them leaving or staying or however it ends up being? They're supposed to leave, but we don't know. <laughs> well, I, well, I think <laughs> Brexit, um, there's good and bad out of it. I'll tell you the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the bad side. Um, in terms of um, the UK, I, I think there's going to be uh, disastrous impacts for um, the British economy as a result. Of the, what's mm-hmm. more likely to happen now is a hard Brexit or a New yeah. Deal Brexit, and you know that's going to have implications for um, all the sectors in the economy that depend on um, foreign investment or foreign workers or 
um, mm-hmm. you know, close in t- uh, close ties with the EU. They're going to have to renegotiate from a weakened position with all their other trading partners, mm-hmm. including Canada. Yeah. Um, um, Britain is an important trading partner, but we have a close relationship with um, the U.S. and then China. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think it will impact us, but not to a great extent because we mm-hmm. still have, you know, CEDAF, the um, agreement with the EU. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're not as important a trading partner as they used to be yeah. compared to the U.S. and China. But for England, it means, uh, or Britain, it means being... Um, in a weakened position when trying to negotiate yeah. with all these other countries <laughs> on your own without the EU uh, yeah. behind you. So no general uh, body it, to help It's man. rough for them. The um, what I said that it's not a bad thing altogether is that you know when the vote came up for Brexit, you know we were talking about the breakup of the EU mm-hmm. and all the other countries in the EU. Like would France leave? Would Italy leave? Yeah. You know the countries that were going through the debt crisis, for yeah. example, like <laughs> Portugal and Greece. Would they leave? And all of them are watching what happened with Britain, and it's now a cautionary yeah. tale of um, if you if, if you don't know what you're getting into, it's it's an unknown. Maybe we should stick with the yeah. known. And and I, I kind of look at um, the EU and the idea behind it, sort of like a post World War II promise, mm-hmm. right? So last week we had the 75th um, anniversary of D-Day, and we had. You know, on D-Day, you had British, American, Canadian mm-hmm. troops landing in Normandy, and you know many of them died, and some came home, and they came home wounded. And there was a, you know, after there's like an economic consensus after mm-hmm. the Second World War that countries that are closely tied economically are less likely to go to war and have conflict. Mm-hmm. They're less likely to drop bombs on each other. Yeah, the whole foundation missiles. of that European bloc. That was yeah. <laughs> yeah so that you know, European unification. It sort of came out of that that we're going to be close together. We're, our fates are going to be tied, mm-hmm. like, and and so with populism on the rise and with things like Brexit, you're seeing more isolationism mm-hmm. happening. Countries putting up trade barriers and and um, and more conflict, and and so it, it's sort of almost betraying that promise after the, the yeah. Second World War that we wouldn't do that again. Mm-hmm. So you know it's kind of upsetting from that perspective, that those young British soldiers, you know, have died mm-hmm. um, on D-Day and, and in subsequent um, conflict, you know. Seems almost not, like a step we're, back. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're not keeping that promise of, you know, never, ever having a, a, um, something like that happen again. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you think, like, immediately if, well, assuming Brexit does go on and, Brexit, and Britain does leave, uh-huh. um, what do you think, like, the immediate, like, short-term impacts would be on the country as a whole? Um, I think there will be, well, I, 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 well, okay, for example, the financial markets uh, will react to that because, you know, London is the mm-hmm. um, center for the euro currency market, euro right? Currency. And so, you know, th- there's, there's going to be instability there. So there'll be shocks there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to have supply problems mm-hmm. as they try to figure out uh, what's going to happen. I think you'll have uh, commodity markets. Uh, and prices uh, varying widely, there will be a shock. It, the, things will stabilize. They'll mm-hmm. have to. But that initial but, shock will be. But pretty yeah, there's just there's just so much uncertainty, and markets don't like uncertainty. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also see um, the NHS. So um, you know, Britain prides itself on its um, uh, leading um, socialized medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
a lot of foreign doctors are huge. They're a huge part of um, uh, doctors and other medical um, professionals are a huge part of supplying um, care to uh, the British population. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to have to go through a different process just to work in England. Yeah. There's going to be some displacement. Mm -hmm. um, you have a lot of people who live, um, who are English, British, who live in in, uh, in uh, the rest of Europe. There's going to be displacement there. So how do you mm -hmm. resolve all that? So I I, I think it, it's going to be tough. I, I don't think they've worked out all the kinks <laughs> when it comes no. to that. So <laughs> yeah, when, when, if you go into a hospital in um, the the UK and you look around you, there are so many languages being spoken and these are foreign doctors, some of them have just residency, not citizenship, and it's mm -hmm. it's because they have, um, you know, because of the EU, they're able to work in different parts. That must be an interesting atmosphere to be able to kind of move between borders to go work. I yeah. know, <laughs> but where they're needed, I yeah. think they're a huge part of um, providing um, health care. That's, that's pretty good, though, but unfortunately it might not be the case anymore. I but. know, <laughs> and, and, it's, and, and so... It's a it will be it's an opportunity for some and and uh, certainly it's going to to rise to the challenge. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, so. for sure. And um, outside of populism, do you think there's any other political or economic issues that should in some way be discussed or researched? Well, I think uh, for the, <laughs> yeah, sure, uh, lots, lots. But what comes to first comes to mind have to, has to do with um, climate change, mm -hmm. and and I see the connections between dealing with climate change and a rise in populism, mm -hmm. right? Um, climate change, dealing with it requires coordination on an international scale. And, you know, whether we're going to just accept what's happening mm -hmm. or we're actually going to try to reduce um, carbon emissions and uh, slow down the process. So whether we want to stop it, adapt, or mitigate, you're going to need that consensus. Mm -hmm. and and coordinated effort but um, with populism as I said it, it, it tends to be polarizing and divisive so precisely at a time when you need people to be talking to each other Focusing and working issue, together yeah. and collaborating mm -hmm. they're not okay. so yeah. it makes it less and less likely that we will be able to do something um, rise to the challenge people talk about oh well you know um, technology will save us but you, you kind of need to mm. be funding yeah you need to fund, <laughs> fund it in order to, to have it happen yeah. <laughs> and, and we've seen cuts in funding um, to the sciences which is uh, very disheartening so um, and, and it, even if someone was able to come up with a, a revolutionary idea or you need that idea to be widely adapted and, and you need resources to do that but if we're, once again mm -hmm. we're not communicating we're not collaborating we're putting up walls and, and barriers to each other. So it needs to be like an international solution in a sense. It does, So, mm -hmm. which is why I think people were hopeful with the Paris Accord. They thought this, it, it's, it wasn't you know the strongest thing ever, but mm -hmm. it was a, a move in the right mm -hmm. direction, a, yeah. you know, a platform for us to, to start working together. And then you've had, you know. Like a good intention. <laughs> like good, it's a good intention, but you know, it was supposed to be a first step. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and now that you know, you've got major players pulling out of it or not signing on to it, it's uh, much yeah, harder. It, it to, has less weight, and yeah, um, I, yeah not, I'm not very optimistic on that front. <laughs> but but then you see, with climate change, it's going to worsen things like the refugee mm -hmm. crisis, mm -hmm. right? And so, like once again, populism comes into play. Where you know, um, going to be a lot of displaced one, people. If we decide we're going to adapt and mitigate, you know, we're going to have to deal with rising sea levels and mm -hmm. with 
um, higher temperatures and with more extreme weather, you're going to see people being more displaced. Mm -hmm. What are we, are we just going to, if we close up our barriers and say, no, we don't have any space, we're full. Yeah. You're just, you're just condemning a whole section of the global population to just deal with it and, yeah. and, and possibly perish. So. And a lot of those cases, it's not necessarily their fault either. No. It's the no. more developed world that's kind of spurred on the issues. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, Precisely, once again, when we actually need to be working together to help a huge uh, percentage of the world population, we're, we're kind of closing ourselves closing off. Closing it off. Yeah. Is there anything in particular research-wise or anything that, if there was the money available, that should be focused on primarily to help with uh, climate change? Or is well, it just more of a catch-all, we need to I focus on what we have? <laughs> I, I don't think there's a specific thing. I think <clears throat> you have to deal with climate change on many fronts. So, mm -hmm. for example, people talk about carbon pricing. That's just one thing in the toolkit. Mm -hmm. You also have to increase uh, spending on renewables mm -hmm. and uh, adaptation, adaption, and mitigation technology. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, building of dikes and and dams and other kinds of things to deal with uh, mm -hmm. rising water levels and encouraging consumers to kind of move right, towards tree that planting. as well. Yeah. All, it, need, <laughs> it needs to be a, 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 you know, like I said, a toolbox, a whole set of different things. Uh, there's not going to be one, uh, one, you know, one solution yeah. that's going to slay the, the dragon of uh, climate change. It's not, it's not that's gonna, fair enough. Yeah. In your opinion, is there any political system that you believe uh, does the best good for society, has the most positive economic impact? And why do you think that is? Okay, so um, in terms of political systems, you know, each has its drawbacks. And, yeah. But I think, you know, a representative democracy that tries to put limits on the influence of special interest groups mm -hmm. is uh, the best we can get, mm -hmm. but it's still going to be subject to, as you see, the whims of, you know, a huge segment of the population being pushed in one direction, yeah. right? You can still have um, outcomes that, you know, are head-scratching coming out of a democratic system, but as long as it's it has its checks and balances in place that it doesn't you know, the system mm -hmm. doesn't implode on itself and leads to some kind of tyranny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's it's still the best system because it represents uh, people um, and, um, and and their interests. It means that groups can't be ignored. And it, so as long as, you know, you've got a representative democracy that allows for, um, as I said, uh, limits on certain special interests mm -hmm. from being... Um, overrepresented in the system at the same time it doesn't squash the minority mm -hmm. uh, that's the best system that we can have uh, the problem is that um, that's the theoretical the theoretical idea, view of it yeah. but the, <laughs> the, re the realistic application is that special interests and lobbying and wealth you know it's mm -hmm. more instead of it being one heartbeat one vote it's one dollar one vote you know? yeah so money still so on that on that topic too yeah. is Something like uh, corporate lobbying is something that would be should be less focused on, obviously, to that degree, to have it represent to actually have it representative, because mm -hmm. you see a lot of the time in the well, more like more in the U.S. than I think here, but mm -hmm. where you see large uh, companies or groups of companies that come together and they lobby for certain interests, and because they have so much power, yes, it's very hard to fight that on a like a general public kind yes. of perspective. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's part of that huge collective action <laughs> problem, right? The people who are affected. They're affected to a small degree, but there are a lot of them. 
Yeah. And the mm-hmm. people who are on the other side, they're a small number and they and they and the you know, the gains or the losses are huge. Yeah. So they have the incentive to kind of work together and they have more resources to come together while as the public, you know, we, we're so um, dispersed mm-hmm. um, that it's hard for us to act collectively even though we have the numbers on our <laughs> side. It's just a little difficult to yeah, gather little, together. Yeah, 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 that's why special interests are able to get things done, right? So. And do you think, uh, politically, do you think that it would look more like a multi-party type system, like where there's multiple smaller parties, or would it be just uh, like the way we kind of see today with little major parties? Because I feel like there might be like a gap, right? Because it doesn't really account for everybody, right? I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard to govern when you have a lot of Too many, small yeah. little parties. But if they fall, you know, they, you're able to easily form coalitions, and mm-hmm. I think they can represent enough groups. And, and, and some countries mm-hmm. manage to get it to work. I think Israel has something similar to that, too. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, it, it, it can work. I, I find that when you've got, like, a two-party system, two and a weak third party, or, yeah. it's, once again, you know, I, I, I think not enough people get left behind and, yeah. uh, there's, so there's got to be like a happy medium somewhere <laughs> yeah 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 so I, 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 I there's too much concentration in power mm-hmm. you know you're talking about like in Canada two major political parties and the mm-hmm. NDP is there but they don't have the same mm-hmm. machine no. as the conservatives they're nudging their way in though <laughs> yeah they're trying but uh, you know the uh, we were just talking the other day um, both the conservative and the liberal parties they they have candidates in the waiting, like years in advance. Uh-huh. I know. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other parties are just trying to field candidates just this week. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. You know, <laughs> trying to figure out who's going to run for them. So, mm-hmm. whereas you know, like I said, there's a machine behind the other two, and so they've got this um, this advantage that it it, it um, and and because they have the advantage, you know, more money follows money. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fair it's enough. Hard. All right. Well, that's pretty much all I have for you today. It was uh, nice talking to you, and uh, maybe we'll have another session at some other point. I know, I'm sure there's a lot to talk about. There's plenty. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Awesome, thank you very much. Thanks, Giovanni, I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on our podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to hear more, don't forget to subscribe, and don't forget to check out our new website at opendisclosure.silversmedia.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and tune in next time for some more interesting topics on Open Disclosure. Thank you.